This is the Prather Point. In Fast and Furious, Obama ran thousands of guns to the Sinaloa cartel in Mexico. Those guns murdered Border Patrol agent Brian Terry, ICE agent Jaime Zapata, and hundreds of Mexicans. In Bagram, Biden ran hundreds of thousands of guns to the Taliban who are murdering Americans and our allies. In Benghazi, Obama abandoned Americans, allowed Muslim terrorists to murder and sodomize our ambassador. In Kabul, Biden abandoned thousands of trapped Americans, then told them to leave. In Syria and Iran, Obama gave millions to our enemies. In Afghanistan and China, Biden gave them billions. Fast and Furious was an international covert gun running operation. Benghazi and Syria were international covert gun running operations. Afghanistan was a covert international gun running operation. And now Ukraine is an international covert gun running operation. Now Biden's puppeteers have turned Afghanistan into Fast and Furious and Ukraine writ large. Millions will die by bomb, bullet, or jab. But not all. The herd will be called. The strong will survive. The faithful persevere. We can see our future trial via our sinful past. The new reservations are FEMA. The new Indians are the non-jabbed. But the tribes remain. And when we learn from them, so shall we. I'm retired SOCOM soldier, former DIA intelligence collector, and ex-DEA special agent. Targeted by the deep state turned whistleblower. Are you your intelligence officer? We purpose as chaplain, lead public. Those fake news, tools, truth, discernment, and free will. Attention, deep state Dems, rhinos, Black Lives Matter, Antifa and assorted traitors and enemies, foreign and domestic. Your masks won't silence us. Your shutdowns won't stop us. Your riots don't scare us. You're not as organized as the British, not as disciplined as the Nazis, not as fierce as the Imperial Japanese. You're not as brutal as ISIS. We beat them all, and you're next. Welcome. I'm Jeff Prather, and this is the Prather Point. Welcome, everybody. If you haven't yet, please go to jeffreyprather.com. Sign up uh, there for my free uh, intelligence uh, newsletter. And also you can go to jeffreyprather.locals.com and sign up for free there, or you can do $9 a month or $90 uh, a year if you sign up for the year in advance. You can also go to patreon.com slash jeffreyprather, go at the $5, $15, or $25 level. At the $25 level, you get uh, daily videos that my wonderful daughter is helping me put up on on martial arts, handguns, uh, horsemanship, faith, uh, firearms, a variety of things. At the $15, you get transcripts just put up uh, the great transcript uh, with Marley Hornick out of New York Audit. Uh, and $5, you're going to get uh, curated uh, news stories. So lots of stuff uh, happening there. I just did a show on American Media Periscope the other day. That's up there uh, as well. Uh, and uh, wanted to real quickly uh, show that also up on my Patreon and Locals is another great resource, uh, Totality of Evidence, that I just became aware of. Uh, and you can find it there, or you can just find it uh, by looking at it, totalityofevidence.com. Uh, Best site yet for anti-job, uh, anti-jab ammunition uh, dump. It's got really everything you could uh, want to know there. Uh, and it's an anonymous source because they've learned their lessons. And it says, the virus doesn't scare me, but the big um, picture agenda uh, does. Has a really nice uh, timeline on everything. 
shows everything that's going on uh, with that. Uh, very impressive, uh, very well done in all kinds of uh, resources and collaborations on every level there. So this is another um, great resistance against the great reset, the humanists against against the transhumanists uh, there that you can uh, go to uh, and uh, resource there uh, if you are interested. And you're going to need to because a lot of stuff is going to ha- is happening right now. The DOJ is arguing that the intelligence community overrides the judiciary, uh, which it has not yet. That's why I was never charged. Uh, that's why this will fall through with Trump. It fell through uh, with Flynn, although they did get my uh, friend Dinesh, but he probably pled. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, they are getting caught up in the judiciary uh, uh, because they have to have facts. And that's where they have kind of fallen into the trap, uh, the Mar-a-Lago trap with the uh, documents where law enforcement is basically cuckold completely. The cops are cuckold. You know, there was uh, last week that Memphis police arrested a uh, black shooter who drove around for like eight hours shooting people uh, and continued to shoot people. And they're just not sure what was happening. They're still in the uh, throes of the investigation. Well, if there were competent detectives and investigators doing anything, uh, they would uh, be able to put all the pieces together. There's at least eight crime scenes. And the police chief said, uh, that at least some of his actions were on Facebook Live. Well, that's a giveaway right there. That's where Blantifa, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, how they get paid by filming their murders, uh, their assassinations. Um, that's just how Blantifa and um, uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa uh, are flash mobbed as well. And so if we had a competent um, FBI, which we don't, it's totally corrupt, or competent DHS or competent cops, uh, it would be easy to put these pieces together uh, but uh, they don't understand that because it is war. It is fifth generation war, as I keep saying over and over. Uh, you know, I get ex-veterans who are telling me, hey, we're about to be invaded by Chinese and there's going to be about to do a nuclear weapon. And there's no need for a nuclear weapon. The uh, genetic weapons are much more deadly and specific. Mutual assured destruction doctrine is dead. Nuclear weapons are irrelevant except as threats. Uh, and we are already invaded. There's plenty of Chinese espionage uh, everywhere through the Thousands Talents program. We're already invaded. It's not going to happen. The next war uh, doesn't look like the last war. And fifth generation war uh, doesn't even look like a war uh, very much. And that goes along with, I also post on Patreon some Team America homework. Uh, and by the way, there's a group in uh, Florida uh, impersonating Team America. They They uh, took out an LLC. So that's not me. Uh, Team America is not an LLC. It's not a business. It's uh, volunteers, patriotic Americans uh, relying on God and each other and not corrupt government in D.C., just like we stopped relying on corrupt government um, uh, in Britain. But um, uh, but, you know, there's always somebody who's going to come along. And uh, if you build it, they will come and steal it. And that's what they're uh, doing. But that's no association uh, with them or. Uh, the patriotic Americans all through the country and also in Florida uh, as well. But there was also uh, three Dutch commandos in Indianapolis who was uh, shot, who were shot by a, uh, a black um, assassin, Shamar uh, Duncan. And they were over here doing urban warfare training and they got caught in urban warfare. And I put up a little homework to, for people to, uh, follow that to understand. And they weren't too, uh, a couple guys uh, finally got it right. But the Dutch were very reluctant 
uh, to uh, go along with Ukraine. They're not sending troops into Ukraine. Uh, they actually got people out of Afghanistan as opposed to Biden leaving American families and children in uh, Afghanistan while importing Afghan terrorists, just like they're now importing Ukrainian Nazis uh, to go into the Patriotic Front for the next false flag uh, event. Uh, and that, uh, not three, one Dutch commando, uh, Simi Potsema, who had survived Afghanistan, uh, because that was overt war. Uh, and uh, he didn't really recognize the fifth generation war that's going on. But that's very, very clear why all these um, uh, black radicals are going around assassinating folks. Remember, it was a Black Lives Matter uh, Capitol Police sniper who sniped Ashley Babbitt, female white veteran. It's the same pattern. Um, it's very obvious uh, that it is warfare. They're just not in uniform. And that's because somebody just sent me an article uh, talking about some of my uh, background in special operations and covert operations. And that's because uh, back in the 80s, uh, special operations uh, came into being and covert operations really came into their own. And now a lot of those guys are retired or moving on and you get you know, Blackwater with Eric Prince. Uh, you get all kinds of things uh, out there. And so it's much hard. That's kind of the birth of fifth generation warfare where you don't even really uh, see it. Uh, but it's very important uh, today to remember the other 9-11 in 2012. I've talked about 9-11. Uh, and I just did a show the other day on American Media Periscope with Unrestricted Truth. And, you know, people are debating about planes flying into buildings. That's not the issue. The real issue is the Israeli art students infiltrated into the United States, into the Twin Towers and through DEA by the FBI prior to 9-11 by the Mossad, just like Epstein connected uh, through Ghislaine Maxwell to the Mossad. I think Maxwell was running Epstein, uh, just like the military intelligence uh, Chinese lieutenant was running um, Lieber at Harvard. That's always the pattern. That's who's really invading us, uh, is a lot of female Chinese intelligence uh, personnel running, just like uh, radical uh Radicalized American Muslims go over and get a bride. They're actually their intelligence handlers running them. That's the pattern. It's very clear. Uh, but our intelligence and FBI are totally compromised. But it's important to remember the other 9-11 today. Uh, and that is in 2012, um, the 11th anniversary of 2001 of the 9-11 attacks. And I've talked about Jeremy, uh, Jeremy uh, Todd Beamer, Jeremy Glick, uh, Rick Rascola, all of the uh, heroes of 9-11. Uh, but it's important to understand that, that that the planes flying into a building were inflection points. Now, certainly missile to the Pentagon, probably. Building 7 uh, demoed, probably. Uh, Twin Towers demoed after hit, uh, possibly. But just to talk about CIA holograms uh, or clones uh, is a dangle and not serious. The important thing to understand is the FBI was in on this, just like they were in on Ruby Ridge, just like they were in on Waco, uh, just like they're in uh, on uh, FISA and FADA and um, the Comey CrowdStrike uh, Mueller debacle, the Russian uh, construct where 50 so-called intelligence professionals said the Hunter laptop was disinformation when they were providing the disinformation. And that's what Benghazi was. So in my day, I became a whistleblower because I exposed the DEA's deal with the Sinaloan cartel to run drugs north in exchange for fast and furious ATF guns going south. 
look up the Niebla Zambada trial, the agents swore under oath that that's what was going on. Fast and Furious was an international gun running operation, covert gun running operation. It wasn't conceived by a couple supervisors in Phoenix at a DEA group, uh, DEA office inside an ATF group saying, hey, what are you doing today? Let's just do an international covert gun running operation. Covert operations in federal law enforcement are called SARC, Special Activity Review Committee operations. They go all the way. Secretary of Defense, President, DOJ, uh, DOD, uh, DNI, everybody signs off on this. And, and, the, and the emails go right back to the White House for Fast and Furious. Benghazi was the same thing. It was Hillary wanting to run the same. Hillary and Obama wanted to run guns to Mexico, just like they wanted to run guns in Benghazi in Libya. And they did. And when uh, that the blowback started happening from Fast and Furious uh, and from uh, Benghazi, shortly thereafter, Extortion 17 uh, happening, then they were trying to collect the guns up. That's why you see former SEALs, Ty Woods, and I've been honored to bodyguard uh, his widow, um, Dr. Dorothy, also who was an ensign, fine lady, said Obama called my husband's death a bump in the road. Uh, SEALs uh, Glenn Bob Doherty and Tyrone Woods, and also DSS, Dip uh, Diplomatic Security Service, uh, Sean Smith, uh, and, of course, Ambassador Christopher Stevens, although they called him Christy because he was a homosexual and he was sodomized before after he was uh, murdered, probably overcome uh, by smoke. But he was running guns. Uh, and it comes it's very clear through the State Department traffic. Remember, uh, Hillary was State Department. It wasn't a server in her basement. That was the fake one. It was a server in an air conditioned doghouse with a fake dog transmitting to a Fairfax Chinese storefront, that's espionage, straight on. And so just like they wanted to run guns to the cartels, they wanted to run guns to Ansar al-Sharia, our enemies. Uh, and this is even in the beginning of the uh, movie, uh, 13 Hours, uh, you can see it, which is a pretty realistic uh, movie of what was happening. And of course, the grand jury never got the full picture because the FBI comes in and covers all that up. Uh, and, you know, Hillary needed a scapegoat. And so this is where um, uh, I can't think of the black lady's name who says it was a video. She's running around on everything now. I'm sure somebody will fill that in. But Hillary needed a scapegoat. And that's why they went after Mark Turi. Uh, they raided his house by Homeland Security wearing black body armor, carrying machine guns. Uh, he was on the run. Sounds exactly like it's happened to Stone, uh, to uh, Trump. Uh, to everyone else. It's a template. It's a protocol uh, that they uh, pull out. Uh, and of course, there was a special forces rescue unit that could have gotten there. They had commandeered a C-130. Uh, they were standing by and Deputy Chief of Missions Hicks was there standing next to the Green Beret Colonel uh, when he was told to stand down. There's only one person who can tell. Uh, when, so when an embassy is attacked, it wasn't an embassy, CIA annex, and why wasn't he behind security uh, on uh, the anniversary of 9-11? Because they wanted him out there. They wa Obama wanted to do the exchange. He ended up doing it with the traitor Bergdahl, but he wanted this exchange to happen, but it got out of hand because the attack stops. There's no reason for once they were mortaring and they killed Ty Woods, why they would stop, but they did stop at that point because it was supposed to stop. It was supposed to be an exchange. General Ham. Uh, officer in charge of uh, Africacom that night in the Pentagon 
they said he retired. He was relieved from my sources. Admiral Galliette, highest American uh, officer, uh, flag rank, star rank in the Persian Gulf in theater that night was relieved. Uh, and when's the last time that ever happened in the middle of an international crisis? Because an attack on an ambassador and on American soil is an attack on war. Uh, never, because it was a setup. Uh, just like Fast and Furious was a setup, just like then Syria was a setup to run more guns. Uh, and uh, so it was It was Mexico, it was Libya, it was Syria, then it was Afghanistan. Uh, now it's Ukraine, because this is what the deep state dark economy does. This is how they do it. And so this is the plot uh, that has never uh, been recognized. But that's the other 9-11. But what I really want to talk about uh, is the rallying point, kind of like an inflection point. But when the planes flew into buildings, Americans rallied, New Yorkers rallied. You, if you, if fire department drove by or the police drove by, they, they were applauding. People were taking their pictures with firemen and policemen as they should be, as opposed to weak-kneed uh, metrosexual movie stars that they're normally taking pictures with. And it was a unifying point, just like uh, Roosevelt's Day of Infamy speech was a rallying point for Americans. And they tried to dissuade that point with the video uh, about Benghazi, but they were not able to because of the heroism of the ex-SEALs assigned to SAD, CIA's Special Activities Division Ground Branch. They're all ex-military. There's no borns that they train, uh, you know, although they jump and stuff like that. But uh, that's what happened there. And then going into Afghanistan, leaving, get, leaving all that gear. Everybody knows you don't leave gear. You, I always had a thermite grenade on top of my um, classified. So if I had to go, I just pulled that and let it burn through the safes, whether it was a big safe or a small safe. Um, that's standard procedure. This is engineered evil. This is all by design. Same thing with Ukraine right now. This is designed to disarm us. Uh, to demilitarize us and to starve us uh, into submission. It's all part of the design of what's uh, happening. Uh, and they're trying to make less and less rallying points. Uh, and we're going to get to the next 9-11 here with my special guest. But before I get there, while uh, the military uh, is uh, fading, although we just had a win, I'm trying to keep up with all this uh, today, the, the uh, Court of Appeals, for the Air Force has uh, stayed the DOD, saying the district court preliminary and joined the department from taking during, during the pendency of this suit punitive measures against a class of service members with sincere faith-based faith objections, objections to receive the vaccine. This is from Davis Yaltz, who I had on the show. The department has appealed that order and now moves for an emergency stay of the class-wide injunction challenging for the most part the district court's reasoning and certifying the class. We deny the department's motion, but expedite our consideration of appeal. That in getting past the legalese is the court is ruling with the service members saying basically, hey, you spent 12 minutes per um, a religious objection. That's certainly not enough time to consider those and you've rejected them all. That's good news. Um, again, uh, from uh, hero attorney, rarely say that, uh, Davis uh, Yaltz. And also Missouri uh, versus Biden, their federal judge has ordered the White House and Fauci, the NIAD and the HHS to turn over the hidden communications with big tech. 
because it's no longer the Sinaloa cartel we're worried about. It's the Pfizer cartel. It's the Moderna cartel. It's the AstraZeneca cartel that is controlling. And Missouri and Louisiana have filed suit against Biden, Psaki, um, Jen Psaki, Fauci, and other top-ranking officials. Uh, and they are winning huge victories as well. So while the 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 military um, has been uh, trannied and the cops have been cuckled, the courts are holding out. That's really, really important to understand. Uh, and the next uh, 9-11 that's coming uh, has even less of a rally point around it, but it's important for us to uh, bring that about. Uh, and that comes with uh, my guest and the executive order that came out yesterday on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing. And this is uh, the great uh, Dr. Todd, or uh, Dr. Also, I saw you have a new, you have a cutsworld.com. Cuts is that your new site too? Yeah, well, that's my day job. So. <laughs> When it, well, when, that's your day uh, job. Okay, sorry, I shouldn't have said yeah. that. Well, that's okay. But, you know, I just sue the government for fun. <laughs> well, th thank you for coming on at the last minute. Thanks for sending me that. I had not seen yeah. that. It's hard to keep up with all the lawfare going on. Um, it is. Uh, but it looked, but the, 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 to me, the World War IV, 5G uh, war and battles are raging. Uh, yeah. And it's hard to tell because, I mean, it's just totally going on. But this looks like uh, they are now going to uh, take the jab and the mRNA mainstream and do it with the government. Um, and that's what you're assessing there, correct? Well, I, I, like they've been doing for some time, they're just telling us what they've already done. So if you look at uh, how many different agencies are involved in this, and particularly you know, you're a government guy, when you see the Office of Management and Budget that is specifically tasked with an objective, that means it is federal government wide because that's who employs everybody in the federal government. It's no different than you know when they mandated the shots through OSHA, that was by and through the Office of Management and Budget. So like that one, what, what they're doing is deploying the entirety of the government into this uh, biomechanical field, which, you know, was done, and including the Department of Defense, who started all of this really in 2003, the, the research and development, how to genetically modify people in 2005, the DOD in earnest started experimenting on our own troops, genetic engineering. Uh, and here we are now that they're, they're effectively telling us, oh, by the way, um, we're going to genetically modify everything and the government's going to pay for it. That's really what this is. And it says, you know, give me the, the president says, give me some reports. I want the secretary of this and the secretary of that to do you know, impact studies because they have to do that in order to make this law. So that's all this is. It's window dressing for what has already happened. So it originates with, I would say, DARPA and BARDA, right? Defense yeah. Advanced Research Projects Agency and Biotechnical Advanced Research Projects Agency and little uh, classified special access projects in there, and also what's called, sure. I don't think I've talked about this before, but waived special access programs. Waves are off the books, black operations that then come out later. Do you well, agree with that? Yeah, yes, in, in many respects. From, from our perspective as Americans, that's right. But from a global perspective, all of this starts at the very top. The owners that own the water supply, the food supply, the energy supply, et cetera, they're the ones that are dictating policy. And then it filters down through all the various governments that they own. 
And then uh, our government says, oh, by the way, let, let's put this through the, the substrata of who needs to do what. But, you know, this was all decided you know, two, three decades ago, and we're actually living through it. My sense is, Jeffrey, that um, they're behind schedule. That I think Trump cost them four or five years, and they have a very tight playbook, and the playbook says, okay, release this now. Um, but they were rushed. So it becomes obvious to us. What it is we're seeing doesn't make any sense in light of the, the political push we see in the press or, or Biden standing up saying something idiotic. So it's just becoming obvious. But the, the short answer to your question is yes, DARPA uh, will absolutely, or BARDA for that matter, will also be the, the protagonists in this. They'll be the drivers behind this and then use the rest of the apparatus to make it actually happen. So when you say for for uh, decades, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I get to work with some. I've worked with some Nobel Prize winning scientists because I do competitive intelligence in, in biotech for the good guys. Uh, and one of the scientists I talked to said, "Oh, I don't think COVID's man-made." When clearly, with the ferrin cleavage, it's man-made. But he said, "Well, that would have been 20 years ago, and 20 years yep. is not uh, a big deal." But w- uh, would you say this is the um, the international cartels uh, or the old families, the Bilderbergs, or a combination of all of those? All of those, starting with the owners of the Bank for International Settlements, which is the entity that owns all of the central banks on the planet, save three. They they own the IMF and the World Bank, and by and through their debt slavery, they have controlled the planet effectively for at least 50 years. Uh, and now what people are, are generally unaware of but is is referenced in this one in the last executive order on uh, digital currencies is the entree into the American lexicon of the Organization for Economic and Cooperative Development. They really took over um, the planet in uh, 2016, on January 1, 2016, and have been creating a, a par- not a parallel system, the system, the one world government system where um, effectively 183 countries gave over their sovereignty to the OECD, who now has what's called a competent authority in place to represent them, who is above prime ministers, who's above presidents, uh, and actually makes the real decisions. So they, a lot of this has already happened, and they're just letting the American public in on it. So going back to the reference to the gangsters, the cartels, yes, they are all part of this. And what we see it is really just a facade. When you look at your government, think of them as wardens. Think of them as the prison guards. Um, and we're just inside this giant prison. And frankly, we're prisoners or livestock, however you want to look at it. But they can't control us without our consent. So all of this is created as a facade, as a means of coaxing us into that cattle chute on the way to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, exactly. With the Cornati is never produced and and bluffed all the service people uh, into yeah. taking. I don't know if you can tell, but I pulled up uh, the the other document we wanted to talk about the executive order on ensuring yeah. responsible development of digital assets, which is the bio digital weaponry, uh, exactly. But um, I'd like to go back and get and uh, go through this with your expertise. First, before we delve into uh, the executive order on advancing, basically everything's going to be uh, mRNA um, yeah. uh, digital. It's everything. Yes. I was talking uh, before I brought you on about, about uh, the Air Force win um, with the Louisiana-Missouri uh, suit. It looks like 
uh, that the resistance is making some significant progress yes. uh, in the court. Yes. Uh, along with the Mar-a-Lago special master, do, is would you would you comment on all of that? If we are, yeah. it looks to me like we're winning on that front. I, I think we are. I think there's a strange uh, moment in time that has hit our federal government. So you might recall back in July, the emergency powers that were invoked by the use of those magic words, a public health emergency of international concern. That was the declaration of the pandemic in January of 2020. Suspended everybody's, not just our countries, but everybody's constitutional and human rights. The declaration by the HHS in the United States along that same time period did the same. So we've been operating under martial law through July of this year. And then you'll recall monkeypox became a thing. And Tedros, who has the power to utter those magic words, said, oh, lo and behold, monkeypox is a, is a global pandemic. It's a public health emergency of international concern. Um, however, the board that takes the vote on that, they voted nine to six against that declaration. And, and Tedros overruled them. And that created a defect, effectively, because the, the goal of that mission was to extend the emergency powers by hook or by crook. Facially, when that was done, it's my opinion that our federal government said, oh, wait, no, no, hang on. This isn't a real public emergency. You're abusing the process of the Emergency Powers Act that Franklin Delano Roosevelt put into place. And they clearly were and are because it suspends any rights of, of redress, including when our courts, me and Davis and a whole lot of other lawyers sued, you know, we were raising constitutional questions and none of us could really figure out why the courts wouldn't address them. Um, and then along comes this July is effectively the expiry of those dates. And all of a sudden, all of the federal courts are taking a whole new look at all of our cases under a constitutional light that they had avoided doing for two years. So now you see this hiatus, this stop in the federal government, including um, now an IG report in the DOD going to SecDef saying, hang on, you're, you're potentially violating people's rights here. So a new day has come where there is a new light shone upon all of these uh, controversies, all of these cases, all of these illegal orders. And now we're starting to see some federal judges and some people in the federal government saying, wait, 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 we, we need to look at this again. And there's this great giant pause that we're seeing. To your point, all of a sudden we're seeing the, the, the court siding. Um, little by little with, with the people that have been fighting against this. And I think it's a new day just because uh, they overplayed their hand. They jumped the shark, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think as Delta Force uh, Squadron uh, Commander Pete Blaber said, uh, plans are useless, plans are invaluable, but develop the situation. Klaus Schwab said, we have a brief window, and it, yeah. that window is passed, but they're still just executing the plan, even though it's they have failing. To. They correspond. I, I, I think there's about 20 FBI whistleblowers still on the job inside. And I, yeah. I like to think that my, uh, when I was yelling at them, that they <laughs> listened because I know agents are listening. But, but and maybe they did, maybe they did, doesn't matter. But does, do you think that they saw that, that judicial pause too? And yes. Because it looks like it came at the same time. Yes, I think it all happened right about that time in July of this year. Um, the, the monkeypox declaration was facially flawed um, with that nine to six vote. You know, it's clearly not a pandemic. 
And it became obvious that the WHO was instructing effectively the DOD and our federal government, you keep those emergency powers any way you can by hook or by crook. And I think there's some good people in our government. Like I always say, the government isn't the problem. It's the people in the government that are the problem. And there are still some good ones there. Your agents that are filing whistleblower reports. Lord knows we've done a lot of those with people throughout the government. And I think now you're starting to see people have the justification in their positions, sometimes decision-making positions, to say, no, 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 hang on. And and you're right. You said something a minute ago. They have been caught, Jeffrey. That This is now out there. They can't put the genie back in the bottle. And now you've got the world kind of growing into the embracing of the reality that we are the victims of a genocide, a mass murder. Uh, and those of us who haven't died, then it's attempted murder or, or soon will be. This is a total change. This is a total shift. And we're starting to see people cotton on to it. And I, I'm just praying that we'll be able to see some rectification of this before the next mass casualty event. And, and they will try that because they have to. They've got to cover their tracks because they've been caught. Well, this is this is the next to me. This is the next nine eleven, but it's without a rallying point. There's no yeah. Roosevelt speech of Day of Infamy. There's no planes flying in the building. It's just, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put vaccines in lettuce. We're gonna put vaccines in all the food. Uh, we're gonna do everything, and you're just never going. There is no place for people to rally around. That's yes. my point of calling this. So you agree with that? I so do let, agree with that. That's, Absolutely. So let's so walk us through this executive order which you sent to me and it came out yesterday. So I know this is what's happened, but it looks to me like now it's being formalized in the government, yes, even right. though it's failing miserably. And of course, when yeah. the I'm actually kind of relieved because when the government takes it over, I know what's going to happen. It's going to fall apart even more because I've been a part of lots That's of right. government operations. Yes, yeah, rush. I actually think this. Yeah, but I want to get your attention down here to um, paragraph three, where they start talking about the bioeconomy. Yeah. Uh, So so this is very. And rightfully so, Jeffrey, you know what? These two executive orders that you put up are tied inextricably so. So let's not forget the you know, one of the goals of the exercise of Agenda 2030 is, you know, um, to to. eliminate carbon, right, to, to reduce carbon emissions. And so with the introduction of the hardware platform that was introduced with the shots and the creation of graphene hydroxide inside of the people that got the shots, according to Daniel Nagase, he's a very well-respected doctor and researcher in Canada, they have the ability now to track and assess people's use of carbon, or rather, I should say, the, the expelling, the expenditure of, of carbon down to the, the nanometer, if memory serves, that was the unit of measurement that he used. The point of which is that if you, if you went hiking and you breathed too much carbon, they would be able to track that by and through this, this amalgamation of uh, digital response, right? Whether it's tracked by your cell phone or whether it's tracked by a cell phone towers immaterial, one way or another, they are assessing that in a unit of measure. With the, um, the rollout of the digital assets, that's simply a unit of measure, and that will also be tied such that these carbon credits will be tokenized. They'll probably be traded, but they will be assessed, much like you see in the Chinese social credit system, whereby you might be given your universal basic income of $1,500 for this month. However, 
you have carbon credits in whatever amount, call it another 1500, they'll be tied together that the expenditure of those, of those credits will be restricted by virtue of your activities and what it is you want to do. You don't have enough credits to buy meat this month, so no. Um, you, you've spent too much carbon hiking up a hill, so you don't get to ride the train. Um, and it will all be tied together so that our medium of exchange is now inextricably tied to biology. And that is the goal of the exercise. And then I also sent to you that where this really goes is the, the Bill Gates patent on people batteries. So um, all the way back in the, I think it was early 2000s, he went to the trouble of patenting. It's, it's like the movie The Matrix, whereby with this hardware installation of graphene hydroxide, an input of, say, a, a gigahertz of, um, of energy in the EMF range will cause the production of 300 times that amount by the person that, that uses it and expels it. Um, they can store it. And not only that, but they've tied in the ability to harness people, the interconnectivity, as they call it, of these, these uh, biomachines. That's what these people are now. Um, to do cloud computing. So it's exactly as the Matrix movie untold, or should say told us or unfolded. It's in the exact same situation. Now it is inextricably tied or being tied in to our spending power and our ability to acquire the goods and services that we want based on our biology, based on the biology of everything. Yeah, I've got, I've got that. I can pull that up too, but I want to go back to, I want to walk through this a little more. And by the way, sure. I haven't gotten to this yet, but I have the uh, DARPA's um, Magnetic Optical Acoustic Neural Access Moana uh, program, which controls the brain of flies, signaling that such technology um, uh, allows the team genetic, youth, genetic engineering to express an ion channel in the fly's neuronal cells activated by heat. So I, I haven't even gotten to that story yet, but that sounds like it fits right into it does. Uh, your carbon through the dew uh, weaponry uh, and through yeah. the uh, chemtrails. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, if Fast you look at this, go ahead, Jeffrey. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if, if, if you read through this document that you put up, the executive order on advancing biotechnology, it has all that very same language in there mixed in with the um, critical race theory stuff with equity, right? Um, they, they've included the agenda 2030 terms into here, but you'll note if you went to page two and it talks about the, the goal of developing genetic engineering technologies to write circuitry for sales, predictably program biology, um, power and biological data, use of computing tools and artificial intelligence. That paragraph at the top of page two is exactly the description in the Bill Gates patent that I'd sent to you. It is this is the matrix and they're telling us they're going to develop it right here in an executive order. And uh, so I will pull that up in a second, but I'm, I'm also looking down here at paragraph three where they're talking about executive order uh, 13985, January 2021, advancing rate equity and support. Um, but they're talking there about biotechnology and biomanufacturing. So it looks yeah. like DARPA and are t plus the Pfizer cartels are taking over all the rest of the government. It's not really the FBI, CIA. Uh, it's really um, uh, these... Uh, cartels, these bio uh, tech and uh, big tech cartels yes. that are yes. running all this. Uh, they not they so are. Much the, the, that, that's the it, new it, ruling elite, I guess. Uh, 
I would well, it, would, it, it is the public-private partnership, right? They told us that's what they're going to do. So now you have the government funding what are effectively oligarchy, oligopolies, the big tech firms, amongst others. And, and it's a, what they literally call it circular economics. The OECD, in their plan, talks about circular economics, where the money goes around between charities, the, the federal government, and, um, and companies that are partly owned by the federal government, or governments, as the case may be. And then we're just the, the slave labor that contributes to this giant machine. We get thrown a couple of bones. That's all. So the cartels are inextricably tied into the government. They are actually business partners, to your point. Yeah, so the La Familia cartel had a deal with the, gov- the government of Mexico. What, everybody looked at the Zetas where they're cutting off heads and stuff, but, but the real cartel was La Familia, much more a business uh, type of cartel, uh, much more low-key. And, of course, you know, the DEA had to deal with the Southern cartel, but now it's really the – I don't even know what to call it, the Pfizer, AstraZeneca, DARPA, BARDA uh, cartel. Yeah. But um, in uh, Jay here – it says secure and protect the United States bioeconomy. So to me, they're really talking now about, uh, as you are saying, uh, America, the corporation, United States of America Corporation mm-hmm. is really controlled. H, it says, elevate biological, biological risk management as a cornerstone of the <laughs> life cycle of technology and biomanufacturing. Yeah. Uh, so I this too. is the gate everything. You know, when I saw the life cycle of biotechnology, the first thing that went through my mind is how long will they keep their people batteries? Are they pre-programmed, planned obsolescence? Is that the life cycle they speak of? Well, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question. And when you modify, when you become a GMO, uh, then are, are you a slaved entity because you're not a natural entity? And I just did a thing last week where I was talking about, as in the days of Noah uh, uh, yes. and the whole was corrupted uh and that's why the flood happens and and all of that um on on a long level i'm not going to go into that now uh but i also see the secretary of energy and and really even more uh frightening is the secretary of agriculture uh and so this uh, yep. is reminded me the vertical they want to move all the they're burning all the processing plants they're taking over of the farmland china's trying to take over the farmland they're going to move everything into three-week grow cycles with GMO lettuce uh, in vertical um, vertical skyscrapers in cities. And, of course, that's going to fail uh, for sure. Uh, so is that, uh, is that part planned obsolescence and, and part just arrogance, or how do you see all of that? Yeah, I, I think that's right. If you think about it, I, I try to put myself in the position of, of these quote unquote people, whoever it is that's actually rolling all of this out and, and what their goals are. One of them um, I'd come to find early in this whole thing was the um, genetic modification of every plant and animal species on this planet for the purpose of spiting God. And as you read through this, you you indicated correctly, this is extraordinarily comprehensive it's the Treasury Department, Agriculture, um, Health and Human Services, OMB, DOD. All of them are integrated actually into both of these plans. And it looks as though they've created a, a new um, station effectively in the uh, national security apparatus, in the director of national security apparatus that makes this almost above the cabinet. So that's how important this is 
to our government and what it is they're trying to achieve. And it fits exactly with that goal to genetically modify every single plant and animal species on the planet. And in this particular case, um, when you put the two of them together to tax it, to control it, to effectuate what spending and, and how it lives its life and indeed the life cycle of these man machines. That, that's what we're designed to do. And I, I sent you also a, a paper, I think it goes back in the 1990s, where um, fifth generation warfare is contemplated between um, the Chinese and, and us. And it talks about having to do software upgrades. So it already presumes that there is a super soldier, a fifth generation super soldier that is completely controlled. And in order to, to keep that weapon competitive, it has to go through routine upgrades. Um, and, and that's exactly what you see here is, is the upgrades, the control, the life cycle, all of those you know, special words, the magic words are here. So, but, so you said that they're being rushed, and I agree with you because there's the 2030 uh, agenda, but they're yeah. just saying, you know, the most ridiculous thing I've ever said is, well, we saw how great all this stuff worked during the pandemic. And, of course, exactly the opposite is true, and, and we're seeing that. We're seeing the resistance rise uh, rise worldwide. Uh, yes, but they're just executing. They just keep reading from the same script. That yes. to me is their downfall. When, you know, when I was giving speeches back in uh, uh, Obama's uh, regime, uh, people would come up and say, "When's the military going to revolt?" And I said, "We're not." George Washington would turn over in his grave. That was the whole point. Uh, and I and they said, "Well, what about if Obama executes martial law?" And I said. Well, tell me what Obama tactically has been able to pull off correctly. Because, <laughs> oh. you know, the, the, these guys, they don't talk to the generals or, or the law enforcement. They talk to Jarrett and uh, a couple other ladies who have no clue what they're they're doing. You know, I saw that lady in the White House the other day. Nobody's walking across the border and confusing Nord Stream with Nordstrom. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. To me, this is never going to work. This is this is going to be their failing. But I wanted to ask you that as we are winning domestically in the lawfare, as I would yeah. put it, in courts, the state, you know, Missouri, Louisiana, the, the heartland is rising up and you're doing great work uh, and uh, Yams is doing great work. Uh, but also Putin is bringing military tribunals overseas. Yep. And to me, that looks like a two-front war that they will not be able to sustain where he's talking yes. about the in about the vectors of the biolabs and the drone with the insects and all that. Yes. What, what is your feeling on, on, on uh, Putin's uh, military tribunals and if that's going to go through the United Nations and how that's working out? Well, let me first start by saying this. I, I have a philosophical problem with the fact that, that our last president was the guy that really had the, the shots going. However, I would say that if it weren't for him causing a four or five year delay in these plans, we'd be having a different conversation, if a conversation at all. Um, it explains why you know, Hillary and they, they went nuts. They went crazy. Couldn't believe that they had lost because they had rigged it so they couldn't lose. This four or five years probably saved our species, to be frank with you. Um, and, and for that reason, I'm forever grateful. As it relates to Russia and what's happening um, don't forget that when the saber rattling started over in Ukraine, uh, Putin only moved 200,000 of his troops in his old armor to that border. In the meantime, in Kazakhstan, which is the home for the Bank of International Settlements, they had built themselves a new city, Astana, 
uh, and they had taken it over and all of the occult uh, buildings and designs, they're all there. Look, look it up for yourself. It's absolutely insane. Well, when, when that was all happening, um, the, the Kazakhs were cut off their money supply without a vaccine passport. So they went to get money out of the bank. They were unable to do that if they hadn't been vaxxed, and that caused a revolution that nobody even noticed. They had one serious firefight with the Kazakh government, supported by the, the Spetsnaz. The, the, the people themselves were supported by the Spetsnaz. So Vlad, while everything was going on in Ukraine, sent his best troops east and took Astana, that is the home for the owners of this planet who seem to me that they are missing because there's no top cover. There's no coordination. Uh, he would have gotten all of their apparatus, all of their command and control structures. And so he's sitting there kind of laughing. And yes, um, don't forget that in World War II, the Europe was split in half, right? Half went to the West and half went to the East, including Germany. And while Nuremberg was happening on the West part, Kiev was happening on the East. Russia, too had their own Nuremberg. And uh, in 1946, they tried and executed a whole bunch of people for the very same crimes, crimes against humanity. All of that developed as case law and, and frankly, edict. It became new law, international law, as a matter of fact, international criminal law that they applied. They're doing it again right now, except not in Kiev. They're, they're doing it in Donbass. They've opened military tribunals just as they were in 1946 in Kiev, as were they in, in Nuremberg. And they are holding trials for crimes against humanity and war crimes, which are really one and the same thing from an international context. My, my, my belief is that that will extend to captured U.S. and foreign troops, which have, have in fact been captured in Ukraine. Uh, it will be tried. And my, yeah, my, my suspicion is... Say again? There's a SEAL admiral that's been captured. Yeah. I, I forget his name now, but I put that a while back. I thought they were Maybe also going to do it in Maripol. I, I don't know the answer to that. All I know is that Amnesty International showed up and went crazy because don't forget that Russia also put into the UN Security Council all the evidence of the bioweapons factory. So um, it's naughty from a legal point of view because Ukraine is a Russian territory and not part of the bioweapons treaty, which is why the U.S. and all these bioweapons factories were there. The same thing with Taiwan. So Russia actually was invading its own territory you know, to liberate those people. So this isn't a war. This is not an international conflict. This is Russia doing a police action. Um, and so anyway, that, that evidence is being entered into the record in the UN Security Council. And as Russia carries out these tribunals, like they did in 1946, I suspect that they will try people in absentia for war crimes, including this, including the COVID mandates. And Lord knows there, there are government people in every government on this planet that are guilty of these crimes against humanity because they made it happen in 196 countries all at the same time. Now, in, in going back to the, the executive order in section four, there's the data for the bioeconomy, the bioeconomy initiative, data initiative. And that just looks to me like they want to control the data because that's what they're happening in the biotech space. They want to do everything yeah. virtually and digitally so they can change whatever they want. Um, I think that's true. That's what Obama digitized his library so he could change, just like with the, the digital birth certificate um, as well. And then uh, subsection A talks about explore how to align international classifications of biomanufactured products as appropriate to measure the value of those products to both the United States and global uh, bioeconomics. And that sounds exactly like global cabal first and, and uh, jabs first. 
Yeah, that's right. And and you'd also note and see that they're talking about NIST compliance, you know, the National Institute of um, Standards and Technology, if memory serves, that's what it stands for. It's a commerce department. The, the point is that they're, they're harmonizing uh, all of the, the players. They're, just like the OEC did all the way up through um, 2016, they harmonized the tax code. They harmonized the commercial code, the, the medical codes. You hear the ICD-10 codes in the United States. That all came from the OECD. So it's already happened outside the United States. And now what they're doing is the last domino to fall. They will integrate the United States into this great giant information matrix. And my understanding is the new currency is, in fact, data. It's, it's bio data. It's every kind of data you can imagine, and it has a value. And, and that's how they're apportioning the value is by and through the digital assets. Yeah, so that's, you know, in my spare time, I read military hard sci-fi. <laughs> and uh, yeah. the future commodity among uh, the um, dimensions is data, is information. That's really, uh, you know, the most important thing beyond Gene Roddenberry's Hey, we mine the asteroids and nobody's poor anymore. We could already be there, except you know, they, they've taken it over because they forget uh, human nature. Uh, so, so, so I brought the executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets uh, from I think it's yeah March of this year because you want right. to talk about that as well. Well, we are. Funny enough, this is and this so is exactly what they're doing. The Sorry, go ahead. As you can say, that's, you, you've already done it. I mean, that, that's exactly it. The digitization of assets is, is that, in fact, data is that it's a move away from cash. Is the one thing that I really wanted to impart to people is that take a look back not very long ago to the Canadian truckers. Right there up there, it was amazing because they hadn't broke any laws, and yet they were demonstrating to the, to the world, really, we're not putting up with this. And what did um, Trudeau do? Fidel Ito, what did he do in response he cut off not just their bank accounts, but if people went online and supported them on Facebook or any other social media, he was able to cut them off from their crypto accounts. And here's what they want to do. They want to digitize the world currency, the, the way that the, um, the plan actually reads from the, from the Rothschilds in 1988. Look at the cover of The Economist magazine. Uh, you'll find an, an eagle with a Bitcoin around its neck standing on a pile of cash 30-some years ago. Um, to, to move, again, one world government, one world currency. And that's the, this step, right, is to eliminate any possibility that you can use cash or any other medium of exchange in favor of this so that they can control every aspect and feature of human behavior. And that's what we're looking at is the, the tying of this digital currency away from any other medium of exchange that's completely harmonized with every nation such that there is no escape. There's nowhere you can run to. And if they want to turn you off because you ate meat one day, they'll have the ability to do that. But what happened was when he, uh, Trudeau, yeah, Trudeau, son of Fidel, like you said, uh, uh, then got permission to do it and started to pull the bank accounts. Everybody started to pull their money out. And then yeah. the powers behind the uh, scene stopped, stopped him yes. from that. Yeah. So he was I, I put that to bed. I've had on the show who went and prayed with the truckers and is now out of jail, but they don't see any of that. They don't see actually what happened. They don't modify their plan at all. They just keep going right. with the plan. That's the, that's Even though the, the plan is failing. 
Well, that's it. And I think this is because President Trump was there for four or five years. It's almost immaterial how successful he was at what he did. He cost them so much time that their plan is so off track and so interlinked. That's their bottleneck. That's their weakness is they continue on with it. And now it becomes obvious. And without the consent of the government, the governed, I should say, without the consent of government, they can't do this, Jeffrey. And, and people are going to look at this and say, are you out of your head? Where does this come from? You know, I, I'm really chuffed about it, frankly. So you're very optimistic like me. Yeah, I, I do. I share your optimism because every day further that they go and, and jump another shark, you know, the, the, the people who have heretofore not embraced what it is we've been talking about, the ones for the last two years that buried their head in the sand, they're finally going, oh, this doesn't make sense. So, you know, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. So, and I agree with that. Is people are like, I hate Donald Trump now. Like Donald Trump was never the answer. We're the answer. Donald Trump right. recognized a good thing us, and gave us some respite, but it was never up to Donald Trump. It's up to right. us. Yes, sir. Uh, and I don't expect I don't expect him to be a saint, but I'm happy for what he did, and I yeah. kind of know what he went through uh, for when he yeah. did it. But I'm not relying on Donald Trump. You know, you and I are going to do this. Everybody else is going to do this when we are doing this. And if he comes exactly. along, great. If he doesn't come along, that's okay, too. No worries. That's exactly as far as right. I'm concerned. No, man, you've, you've got that exactly right. And if anything um, that has really come of this to, to make it special, it is the elimination of the federal government as an authority. Now people are going back to the states, to their sheriffs, to their you know, local constituents, their school boards, and they're investing heavily in that. And that's what we have to do. It is. It's up to us, each and every single one of us. And that's where it happens. All action is local. With um, Without law enforcement, there is no law. So we get together with our people in uniform uh, and we make sure they understand things. And we invalidate what the federal government and the OECD and the Bank for International Settlements wants us to do. You got it exactly right. So, you know, we, we've been talking with, you know, Mac and Lamb and you know, some, some of Team America as we're talking with Schmeling, but I think Schmeling just sold out. But that's a whole, that's just the first wave of politicians, sheriffs, not all of them there. I think Mac and Lamb are trying. Looks like Schmeling to me uh, sold out, declined to, to move forward. But that, that too will change as far yes. as I'm concerned. Uh, in, in this digital um, executive order, they're talking about the Financial Action Task Force you know, yeah. I did, I worked with Finn back in the day. I even, you know, did a case with an IRS agent and I'd walk in and go DEA and they'd look at me and then he'd go IRS and they went, Oh my gosh, they were, they were really scared about that. But yeah. even that um, seemed to be failing uh, as well as people were working on this, you know, American nationals thing. And um, what are your comments upon the, because it's really a false economy because again, Putin has gone into oil and gas right. uh, and that economy, this is clearly failing. So why do they keep yep. going ahead, not adjusting their plan? Because they, they don't have a choice, right? Their, their plan is so integrated to eliminate, you know, 95% of us by 2030, whatever reason that date is stuck and set in stone. If they don't accomplish that plan, then something grievous happens to, to the existing owners of this planet. Um, and, and I would note that the FATF was the primary tool used by the OECD to force capitulation by all the, the member countries outside the United States, the 183 OECD countries. And they would go 
to you know the Caribbean countries. It would go to Europe and say, "Look, your uh, any money laundering laws are, are out of order, and unless you're willing to adopt you know these measures, these harmonized laws." We're just going to cut off the money supply to you. And that's exactly what they did. And they did it to Russia back in 2014. They did it to China. They did it to Brazil and India, otherwise known as the BRICS. And so they created their own alternate payment system uh, through union pay in China primarily. So when the sanctions from the United States happened against Russia, Vladimir and his pals, um, they kind of laughed about it because they already had their other system all lined up. They weren't using SWIFT. And they said they weren't using U.S. dollars anyway. So when we cut them off, all that did was hurt us. So now you have them making a basket of currencies um, that is backed by commodities, precious and industrial metals that has real value. Um, and then that will be used as the new world currency in place of the euro dollar, um, which was, of course, based on really the end of the day, the price of oil, uh, because all oil transactions had to be U.S. dollar based. And that's what we call the petrodollar. So all of that is changing. They're trying to chuck it all away, throw it all away, but you can't. It's too big. There's too much cash out there. There's too many other currencies and countries that are willing to uh, avoid the application of U.S. sanctions, and that's what we're seeing. Um, right at this very moment, you look at Russia's currency. It's tied 5,000 rubles to a gram of gold, and, and now everybody wants the ruble. I think it's the strongest currency in the world right now. Nobody can get them. The only way you get them is if you're buying oil and you're forced to get them. So that's brilliant. And so then with the military tribunals uh, in Donbass, and I think they're going to yeah. be in Maripol too, uh, that to me is much more of a Nuremberg 2.0 rather than the mood board that's going on, although kudos to Tom Renz and all those guys, you know, doing great stuff. But will that, because that's where the real economy is, the that's oil, right. gold, and gas, that's right. how does that, that international precedent tie into domestic precedent. Ah, so you, you've it. Yeah, you've got it exactly. So let, let's look back in early 2000s. You would have seen that Malaysia uh, convicted, tried and convicted in absentia, um, George Bush and uh, the British prime minister, whatever he was at the time. Um, in any event, they, they, they were sentenced to death. And Tony Blair, Tony Blair and George Bush were sentenced to death for crimes against humanity. And yet they're running around this planet just fine. Well, this is a different story here. Now you have a world superpower who has all of the ability to actually effectuate those orders. They will have the ability to send their Spetsnaz or their, their Russian FBI around the world and actually grab people so they can you know, execute on those sentences, whatever they will be, because they have the ability. They are in the driver's seat right now. And if they don't like what another country is doing, let's say they go to the United States and they say, we'd like you to turn over General so-and-so. Uh, um, for crimes against humanity in the United States is no, we're not going to do it. Okay, well, we'll just turn off the oil. We'll just turn off whatever natural resource you need. You know, and they'll actually be in a position to effectuate those those charges and changes, for sure. So uh, there we go. Uh, there, there we go. Um, so that's really interesting to me. So um, that that is coming, and that precedent. Uh, will have to be recognized because they're on the Security yes. Council uh, yep. uh, as well, where all this, other, this starts to fail. And they have to do it because I don't know, what what is the number of deaths? I can't keep up with it. Is it 100,000, 200,000, a million? You know, you what mean is from, it at? From COVID? For, for, from the vaccines, from, as they call them? 
it, it's, it's millions and millions. We, we don't know because they've been burying the numbers. In, and in some cases, it was done by hospital homicides. In other cases, it's done by, by the shots, um, which there are various yeah. versions of. And like I said, every government on the planet had some level of involvement. Um, so if you were to try and calculate that number on a global basis, we'll get there one day when there's an actual census done. But at this moment, it's not even calculable. You can, um, you can assume that it is going to be an enormous loss of life because the planners of this figured out that only 2% of the people who were given um, these shots would actually survive it in the long term to become those batteries. So we don't know yet, but it, 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 let put it to you this way. My understanding from all the various doctors that consult with us, and it's a lot, it's more than 1,200, you know, they uniformly will say if they've had three shots, they're walking dead. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I've seen that with per- people personally, and I've tried to tell them, and they just don't, they don't listen. But this, this f- is the, uh, the Gates uh, document that you wanted me to pull up. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Well, as you go through it, what you'll find is that um, there, there are some notable parts to it, all of which are related to the shots. The, the most important part I want you to understand is that this envisions that people are chattel property. Right? And that's actually something we put in our case all the way up to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals where it sits today. I put in front of the court um, the use of the vaccines by virtue of a U.S. Supreme Court case called the Myriad case, molecular pathology versus Myriad genetics. Uh, it holds the use of mRNA to effectuate a gene modification of a, of a genome uh, results in the patent holders owning that genome, the synthetic genome. And that's what I'm saying is that people that got the shots are genetically modified. That's indisputable now. And according to U.S. case law, they are now owned by the patent holders. And when you look at this patent, you'll see references to it throughout that um, the use of these people is as though they are chattel property, right? So what I put in front of the court is it's a violation of the 13th Amendment. You don't get to own people in the United States of America. And sadly, the Department of Justice didn't deny it. Uh, in their responsive pleadings, they didn't even argue the point. So it may very well become precedent, um, depending on what happens with the Court of Appeals. Secondarily to that, you'll note that it envisions use of people for computing power and use of people for, as batteries. Um, this is the matrix right here. And you, if you are no longer human for purposes of the law, what rights do you have? I figure by my calculations that roughly 45% of the people on this planet took those shots. That means 45% of the people on this planet are now the chattel property of somebody else. What rights do they enjoy? So the, are they, the, Dems, the rhinos, it's all back to slavery and Nazis. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. right. You got it. Great. <laughs> I mean, that's really succinct, and, but you got it exactly right, Jeffrey. But you would say we are winning this, right? And we're winning this on two fronts. We're winning it domestically. And Putin, you know, again, uh, during American Revolution, it was the French who finally blockaded the British. But in the Civil War, it was the Russians uh, who blockaded. uh, The English went with the South. The Russians went with the North. And that's that outside influence. Uh, And I've I've always said that's really important. But you've just given a whole other dimension to that in the legal uh, realm. And, of course, Uh, The golden rule is who's got the gold. And literally, Putin has the gold, oil, gas. Yes. Uh, And while the United Ukraine's failing, the United States economy is failing, China is failing. 
Yes. Russia is not and growing. So I think I think based on what it was you said, are we winning? First, we have to define who we is from the standpoint that we're really now talking about humanity and the survival of our species. Yes, we humanity are winning. And it goes really back to the, the basics of, um, of military strategy, which I, you're an expert in. Right. You don't engage an enemy unless you have overwhelming force defined as three to one odds. They don't have three to one odds. They don't even have 50-50 odds. Why? Because they don't have the number of people necessary to make all of this happen. They needed to have 75% of the world take them up on their shots, and that didn't happen. So by sheer numbers, this can't work. And also, inside the FBI, which is the arm of the deep state, the intelligence community, yes. it's not really the FBI, uh, there, there's, I think there's about 20 whistleblowers, maybe more, more coming every day. Uh, and I'm wondering if we're going to see whistleblowers in, inside the Department of Justice. You know, back in my day, Karen Tandy and Michelle Leonard were the administrators of the Drug Enforcement Administration who came after me. Before becoming administrators consecutively, I had worked with them on my extradition uh, uh, out of Mexico. They had been DOJ attorneys. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering if we're going to see a cascade effect that we're seeing inside the FBI, inside the yes. DOJ as well. I think so. I really do think that because, you know, that's that's my opposing counsel in, in this particular case. And I think that there are some really good people in the DOJ. And even you know, two years ago when I started this whole thing, I was talking to assistant U.S. attorneys who were trying to figure out how to get exemptions themselves. And I helped them and I helped a lot of people. I've helped special agents in the federal government get exemptions from the shots. So I know from a personal point of view, that there are some good people in there that under, understand what it is we're saying and doing. I have also noticed that even in our case, that when I filed the latest pleadings vis-a-vis -vis the 13th Amendment violations, counsel had actually recused themselves inside of the DOJ. Um, said, no, we're not going to be on this case. They don't cite the reason. Um, but it, it was more than once, not just in my case, but in a variety of cases, you're seeing people back away because they have ethical responsibilities. Um, That's all they got to do. They just not got to do it. Just don't participate. That's right. Just don't do it. Yeah. 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 With Monica Schmidt in Australia with the global walkout. He's like, just don't play their game. Wow. That's Beautiful. awesome. Are you, have you, and are you going to uh, be arguing in front of the Supreme court? Uh, you know, I, first and foremost, I would love to. My sense is that when this case gets decided by the 10th circuit, that neither side or, or one side that way is going to be very unhappy with the ruling because there isn't a good answer. If I'm right, that means that, you know, roughly half of America, maybe 55% are actually the slaves, the chattel property of the patent holders. And that's not going to go over well um, because from, from their point of view, opposing counsel's point of view, their clients, the same medical mafia that you spoke of wrote all these patents, thousands and thousands of patents, um, based on the concept that they owned these you know, bio machines, these chattel property, they're going to appeal the decision. And of course, if, if the court rules against me and says, no, um, you're wrong, they're not the chattel property, I'll be happy as a clam, but in all likelihood, I need to make that into law. I would like to see the Supreme Court say, yes, that humans cannot be owned. This is a 13th Amendment violation. Forevermore, there shall be no human ownership. So I think one way or another, this case is going to get appealed. And I don't know if the Supreme Court will hear it or not. Um, but we need to have a resolution of this and some other issues irrespective. 
But you you need to talk about it in terms of slavery because I mean that's their yeah. whole thing is you know, Black Lives Matter and uh, yes, they wouldn't answer it. That they really- would not answer the allegation. And and so here you are in the federal court of appeals where law is made. Is it deemed an admission? There is a very real chance that the appellate court will say, Department of Justice, this was a, a constitutional question. You had an obligation to deny it. You didn't. It is therefore deemed admitted. Wow. Wow. So so that combined with the, you know, I was honored to, I got to announce on my Brighton show uh, that um, uh, Roe had been reversed. And like I was in yeah. tears. That was a major yeah. bright line. Before I let you go, because this is so fascinating, uh, so helpful. Um, Good. Any any comments on on the uh, special master in the Mar-a-Lago thing? Because it looks like it looks to me yeah. like they're losing that left and right too. Yeah, I, I think it's all tied together, Jeffrey. Frankly, I, I think they they've all been caught. They were trying to force this uh, on all of us. When I say this, this great giant genocide with all of the accoutrements that go with it, they're seeing that it's not going to happen, and now they got to worry about their, their P's and Q's, or they shall be hung. And, and the short answer to your question is, yeah, I think the special master is there, will do their job because there's a lot of publicity, there's a lot of sunlight on this. Um, and, and again, it's like the question in my case, there's no good answer here. They violated his rights. You know, they just did. None of this was done properly or legally. And I suspect at the end of the day, what we're going to find out is it was a trap. I bet you, <laughs> I bet you anything that, that President Trump set him up. All you had to do is look at the folders, right? They're all marked classified. There was nothing in them. And he declassified everything anyway. It was a rope-a-dope. The covers. It looks like they, you know, bioclandestine said the same thing. It looks, it, because it looks like it's admissible now. So I think it was, uh, I think with the FBI whistleblowers coming out, uh, it was kind of an impulse, uh, yeah. a reaction, n- n- not thought out. And uh, yes, and so now they've, got, they've got military cases. They've got uh, Louisiana, Missouri. They've got um, internet. They've got Putin and Russian international cases. And now they've That's got right. the most popular president with his faults of supporting the jab uh, yep. in the last century. They've got all those things. And I, and of course, they got to play it out because you, yeah. you just said it. I say it all the time. When when people finally figure out what they've done in Ukraine and Ovalde, they'll string them up from street lamps. Just like after, just yeah. after World War II, when they came in uh, and they the Nazis fled and they the collaborators, they just strung them up and the troops just you know on. And that was American troops. That was Russian troops too. Well, the the, the funny part, you know, from from a legal um, perspective. The only place they can actually escape justice, as far as I can figure out jurisdictionally, is Antarctica. So if they all think they're going to flee somewhere, they're going to get mighty cold, because that's the only place on this earth where I can think jurisdictionally they might be able to, to, to not be extradited. That's interesting, because Russia's been making a lot of tactical maneuvers. Up sure they have. There. You bet they have. But it's a no man's land. Closing that door, too, huh? Well, that's fascinating. Well, wow. Well, th- this has been fabulous, Todd. I I got to have you back, and you know, <laughs> my last show it was you and uh, Lieutenant Colonel Doctor Chambers, and maybe Doctor Valit. We, you know, those were great. We got to do some more of these. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to wrap up with? And no. it's still Doctor Advocates, right? Dradvocates.com. Uh, funny enough, it actually stands for Disabled Rights Advocates because we've been using. Americans with Disabilities Act and the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 to get people out of the shots 
Um, it, you'd be surprised anybody that's had a malady for six months or more is effectively disabled for purposes of the law, which means that they enjoy higher priority of rights than almost anybody else on the planet except the indigenous. So it's disabled rights advocates, and, and we're just helping as many people as we can stay human. So, and thank you for, for supporting us. Jeffrey, I, I always appreciate it. It's always stimulating talking to you. I love it. Oh, me too. DRadvocates.com. I'm a disabled veteran. I went through Disabled yep. American Vets. And yeah, that's awesome. And the indigenous rights. Yeah, that's really, really important. I knew, I don't know if you knew Vine DeLoria, yeah, the Lakota lawyer who started doing all the treaty work. Uh, I actually knew him. He was, he's, How he was funny the guy is who that? finally started pulling out. You know, it, yeah. it's funny. I, yeah. I, I had a Lakota chief, I know there's more than one Lakota nation, asking if I would bring a case in the International Criminal Court for the, the Lakota nation. So we're looking at the due diligence part that they actually have standing in the ICC, uh, whereas the you know, rest of us is just normal people don't. So, yes, uh, I'm, I'm broadly familiar with uh, Indian law. It's fascinating They do, stuff. and they, they won't take the billion dollars for the Paha Sapa for the Black Hills. They refuse. And, um, uh, well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, thank Todd. you. Really enlightening. You're doing great work. Um, thank you. Uh, big fan. Proud of you. Praying for you. Let me know. You know, I, again, Team America is uh, committed to working with you and Doc Chambers and Dr. Leet and everybody else. Yeah. Um, well, so, and I owe you the thanks. I owe you the thanks, too, because you showed up for the FAA whistleblower and supported that. It was really important for people to hear that you've been through that process you were persecuted, but you're still here, right? You're not just here. You're still, you're thriving. People need to know that, that there's life after the federal government um, and, and it can be done and done well. So thank, the thanks is to you, Jeffrey. I appreciate it. Oh, that was fun. That, that was cool. You get, you, you burst the, the, uh, the limits of the conference call worldwide. That was real cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I will have to do it. Honored to do it anytime. Good. We'll do so it thank again. Thank you so much. All right, man. All right. Okay, so that's the great uh, Todd Callender there at DR Advocates. Uh, I had that wrong, Disabled Rights uh, Advocates. Just super smart uh, guy, really analyzing everything that's uh, happening uh, there and uh, really at a much deeper level than I could. So uh, really important. So um, spread that far and wide that we are winning this. So fear not. God bless. Uh, Keep the faith and hold fast. We are winning. This is what winning looks like. But remember, freedom is never given. It is won. It is earned. It is taken. And so take it.